Hey, this is Drew Borowski. I'm sitting here with Pastors Jacob and Don Bender, co-pastors at Courage Church here in Southwest Detroit. How are you guys doing? We're good. Doing good. We are ready to take a look at this thing. What is our place in the world right now? Uh, and where does God have us? And so we're just, we have a lot of questions swirling in our heads, and we really believe God is speaking to us and has been preparing us for such a time as this beautiful day in March. One thing that makes our situation a little bit different than some of the other churches is we actually weren't mandated to not have church. Like our churches fits within that, uh, that range where we're small enough where we could have still met. And the, the decision to still not meet was, uh, little complicated, loaded. We, we didn't take it lightly. We, we prayed very thoroughly about it. And one of the things that really helped us kind of make that decision was, you know, earlier this week we saw NCAA, uh, the thing with the basketball tournament. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. we're not going to, we're going to play this thing with no fans. And when we saw that, wow. we're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then like the next day, NBA, whole season's canceled. They canceled indefinitely, whatever it is. Then <laughs> baseball, then Disney. And we started thinking about that. And we're thinking, um, and we're weighing the options of like, we could have church, do we not have church? And we were weighing that of uh, like Disney, how many millions of dollars a day are they losing by not having service? Yeah. How many millions of dollars a day are these organizations uh, losing by not being open. And we started thinking how these these organizations who literally their bottom line, their main thing is money. Their, their, mm-hmm. their whole purpose for existing is money. And yet on account of people, they made this decision to hmm. not be open, to close right. their doors. And, and then w- wow. that made it real easy for us because our for us as a church, who our entire purpose is people, yeah. we said, how could we not do our part in, in slowing this thing down As we discussed it, that was one huge motivator of like, what's the right decision to make and what's the right call and what's the right thing for the community? Um, And I think as we looked at this concept of flattening the curve, we realized we have, it might be a small part to play in that, but we do have a part to play in that solidarity and that deciding we are part of the community. And being part of the community right now is taking what for us, it might be an uncomfortable hit of we don't have numbers this week and we don't have a gathering and it's not out of fear. That was the thing that that I think was kind of the struggle of like, we have no fear, we have no fear, we should still meet. And then we realized this isn't about fear at all. And really it wasn't even out of submission. It wasn't out of fear or submission. It was about solidarity and about doing our part uh, to not flood the, you know, to not, to to slow the spread. To Mm -hmm. slow the spread, not not flood the hospital systems so that our normal day-to-day asthma attacks, car accidents, like you fell out of a tree, those can still be treated because the hospitals aren't flooded. Like, we don't need to give this to every single person in our congregation because one yeah. person walks in with it. And it, and it is nerve-wracking, and you began to speak to it, uh, but the, my question I've been having is, as Courage Church, and you said it a little bit with solidarity, but what what is our purpose? What is our mission in, in these kinds of times? This is different. Uh, the world is responding differently to this than I've ever seen the world respond to anything. Yeah. But we are a missional church. We're a mission. We're a missions organization, basically. You're a missionary here in Detroit, Dawn. And uh, I guess we all are, really. But um, yeah, where where do we go with that in mind? 
Yesterday, Spencer was talking about the church's response uh, to to all this, and he, he said nobody from Courage, he said his goal is to make it so that nobody from our church even feels this. Yeah. So, like, if a, if a mom, if a single mom mm. can't go to work because of because she has five kids, he says, no, we're going to take those five kids. Uh, and and our church is small enough that we can actually do that, but and where I know not everybody can, but I just I so appreciate that heart where literally even this week, he's already got it lined up. We're going to do, we're going to take these kids on this day and this day and this day. We're going to meet here, here, here. We're splitting up interns and going different places. And really just, I, th- I think this is an opportunity for the church to truly be that. Um, I mean, you keep saying it as it's an opportunity to, for yeah, us to absolutely. be the thing that we've for so long said, hey, this is the church. The church is not four walls. It's not about a sermon and it's not about a song. It's about a community of people uh, who who looks out for one another. It's about a community of people who represents Jesus to the to the world. If the only anxiety they feel is that there is a virus, that's just incredible because right. we've alleviated any other. Right. It's not fear. It's uncertainty. Right. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. It's not even a fear of what will happen. We'll run out of toilet paper and there won't be any. I don't think it's that. It's just the I don't right. know, the unknown. And I think Spencer hit it like, how do we make sure that there is not an unknown? Let's give them, in their uncertainty, right. let's give them a place that they can be certain that the church is going to exist and be there. I mean, even today, like, we didn't hold a church service, but the van went out and took boxes of food to families and, you know, started becoming that and being that. We're trying to figure out how we can do that more and more and more. You know, it's like the the old phrase, it it takes a village to raise a child. Bring back the village. Yeah, yeah, well, I feel like this is a moment where really the whole world needs a village right now. And like, how can the church be that? You know, we're trying to figure out some simple ways that our church can be that for the for the people of Southwest Detroit, mm-hmm. but yeah. how can the entire, how, how can the global church rise up mm. and be the village yeah. that the world needs? Yeah, and really, that's that's one of the reasons that we made the decision to not hold service today. It's like I heard somebody or I read somebody say, the world, the reality is that we're seeing right now is that the world is a very small place. Yes, mm-hmm. and it is. It's it's we are a very small community. And as a world, and we need to act like it. We're a small community, and in a small community, when somebody's sick, you stay home. And when there's a lot going around, let's just just call it and let's be there for each other. So we've done that. Today we did that. We shut down the, the risk of exposure to flatten the curve a little bit, and we took people food, and we're hearing the voices of the people that are saying... I need toilet paper and we're going to work it out. And they're saying, Mm -hmm. I need daycare. How can you help me? The kids aren't in school. I can't do today because of what's happening in the world and give them space to do today. Mm -hmm. The Atlantic had put out an article a few weeks ago um, and with a very clickbaity title, Mm -hmm. but the research was incredible. When you print it out, it was 30 pages long and it was like, this is so good. How is this so good? Um, But it was unfortunately titled why the nuclear family was a mistake oh i read that wasn't it took me forever to read that thing (laughs) basic i mean first of all growing up i had never i'm 29 years old i don't think i had ever understood that the nuclear family was uh like 
mom, dad, kids, as opposed to a communal family, which Mm -hmm. is when you start to have grandma and grandpa in your household, as well as your neighbors and unlocked doors. And Mm -hmm. it's the village raising everyone and no one is in need. And how like just basically the nuclear family was created almost by ad agencies to create this individualism that we're finding out in this situation doesn't hold up. Right. Like the individualism that says I need to go out mm. to brunch and to the bar and, and that's to the this. measure of success yeah. and the measure. Yeah. The measure of success that was created in the 40s, 50s by yep. these ad men and condensed to the family said you need to move away, f- leave your father's house. Yep. And where you wouldn't have needed a thing. Right. And yep. make it on your own. But yeah, it's and changing the measure. I, well, yeah, we, I read that article. I think I was telling Donna, I th- Donna, I think I was telling you about that. But um. It, this is forcing it almost back because it's because we need the villages again. Mm-hmm. The, the, this is a season mm-hmm. where the world needs the villages. I'm very encouraged again. that it seems like that idea just still was innate in people and yeah. that we hadn't lost it. Yeah. I think if we can realize that the community of our homes needs some true, authentic rebuilding and the nuclear family in a sense, is falling apart. And I think it's time in this season where we're sort of sent home with our children that we rebuild that. We rebuild what the family is, what our relationships with each other, with our children, with our neighbors. My first, like, okay, God, what now? As I'm looking at everybody take a step back. So our world is overstimulated. It's unsatisfied. It's worried. Um, We all hit the end of our day, at the end of our week, the end of our vacations, Mm. and we say, I just need rest. Mm-hmm. And and what I feel like we're seeing here, and I felt alone in this when this ha- first started happening. I felt alone in this. I'm so tired, exhaustion, that I think the whole world feels. And there's something about this and the timing of our world that everybody's going, I hated 2019, 2020 is going to be the year. And then the memes of like, but do you know about COVID? And it's almost like it's spoiling the year, but there's something, the thing that I feel like God is speaking to me in my personal life that I think we need to encourage others is the world is wrapping their minds around this idea of stepping back and this idea of rest. And I know that's not true for everyone because there's still like the medical profession and the people that still have to go to work or work from home. But now like the kids are all out of school and the world is uniting saying, okay, let's stop and rest in a way everyone's rallying around. We're going to call it the basketball season. The schools are saying, let's call it. Let's take a break. It's amazing that we can exist when those things take a break and rest like that. That kind of Sabbath idea has been on my mind quite a bit for the last few Mm -hmm. days. And I mean, I've heard we've had Shane Willard in a few times. I've heard him talk about like Sabbath as you get to take a day and realize that this world, this thing still happens when you stop. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not about you. And it's a little shocking to me that the world can still turn when the NFL or the NBA stop or when Disney yeah. World stops Disney, yep. or any of these things. I, I don't. And there's also the bit in scripture about how, you know, Israel didn't let the land lie and there were the Sabbaths every seven years. And I, I don't think in a 
very literal sense that that is prophetic for our time, but I think there's a lesson to be learned there because there, what happened to make up for it was this exile, was this exile yeah. almost a forced stop. I don't yep. think we're being punished. No. I don't think God's punishing us. I don't think God is forcing us to stop. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it, uh, like our hurry is its own punishment in that it forces us to stop. Yeah. Like the sense of hurry that we've all just had, like that kills your immune system, anxiety, <laughs> yeah. cortisol, all these things that like turn off your immune system basically. I, ho- I hope no yeah. one's hearing me say that we're pu- we're being punished. No, <laughs> no. And I think it's I think what we need to do is start to wrap our minds around the opportunity to rest. Yeah. And so we've been talking about what this looks like in the community and still being the church. And I think like I feel the sense, and I'm sure everyone does because of where the world is. I feel the sense that time doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and mm. that is honestly, when you look scripturally at what Sabbath is, is that you sit in a way that time doesn't even exist Hmm. for that Sabbath period. And it's just beautiful to feel that. Like it's a little eerie Mm -hmm. in a way, but it feels so satisfying. So what that looks like, like we want to talk through what Mm -hmm. that Sabbath, what it means and what it feels like and what it looks like in a way that we Mm -hmm. can be in this time of Sabbath, we can be everything that God has yeah. us to be. We can be neighbors. We can be parents. We can stop and enjoy our children, delight yeah. in their beautiful laughter, mm-hmm. uh, be neighborly and yet quarantined at the same mm-hmm. time, um, help each other out. There's there's just this sense right now of this reordering, and this is what the Sabbath is. And there's almost this like feeling of like, this is the year of Jubilee where all of a sudden everything that we've lost in society is given back to us. It's, it's, it's reclaimed for us. And this is a chance for us to reclaim that, um, as we reorder into rest and, and solitude when time as we know it doesn't exist. Those are, though there's a lot of social anxiety, um, there's a lot of talk about honoring the body and honoring the rest that we need. And, and when we don't do that and we don't take that day for rest, we hit a point, we hit a wall where our body calls rest for us and we get sick, we get ill, um, or our adrenals shut down or whatever, like whatever happens in our bodies that we physically cannot go on. And our spirits need for replenishment yeah. is screaming out right now. And our, our social structures need, our souls need for us to delight in God for God's own sake. These are the things that come with Sabbath. And these are the things that our culture is screaming and crying out wow. for. There's no space to be the mom I always wanted to be. There's no space to be the husband I've always wanted to be. There's no room for me to be the, the musician that I've always wanted to be. I want to write songs. You've got time. You've got time. And hopefully, hopefully your job's not overwhelming you at home and taking advantage of you. But hopefully there's a little extra time to sleep in. And there's a little extra time for your soul to delight in the things that you love and for your your social space of your family and your neighbors and the, the immediate needs right around you. You can now restructure and honor those cries for this Sabbath time and it takes and it becomes a Sabbath space for you. And I know some people still have to work every single day and your work's going to restructure and that's going to change, but it's a great opportunity to do the things and delight in the things 
Do the things that you delight in. Delight in them as you do them. Be a neighbor. Be the parent you've always wanted to be. Be the friend, the best friend, and be the kind of person that you've always wanted to be. I mean, restructure your spiritual life. Give some extra prayer. You know, give a little bit more study to scripture and have more conversations of the things that you long to do. Don't sit socially anxious. There's ways to do it with social media, blah, 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 all the space. We're made for wholeness. We're made for balance. And we're made for a Sabbath. And I think this is a great opportunity. So what do you say to people like yourself who, in all honesty, yes, you have time with your kids. Now you have your kids there, but you also have uh, assignments due, a uh, job to do. Now, yes, you can work from home, but you also have to work from home with four kids. And they're always running around and they're always shouting. And it's like, how do you find that balance now of life as the new normal for a season of chaos. Yeah. I mean, the problem is our worth is not found in our work and our worth is really truly found in our rest. And if we can work out of our rest. And so in those spaces, the idea that I want in my life right now, nothing more, nothing less and nothing else than what God has for me in this today, in tomorrow, in this week, in this, whatever, this strange suspended space is in society right now. Nothing more than what God has for me. I don't need to achieve more than what I'm supposed to achieve right now. If that's being a really awesome mom, or if that's restructuring the way that we do courage, or if that's uh, rediscovering something in me that I love, I need to do that. Nothing less. If I'm supposed to just get everything done and also homeschool my children and all these things that make me nervous thinking about adding things to my plate. Um, I need to do the things that all of the things and I need to accomplish and achieve those, but nothing else that I need to not be distracted with the things that are asking for me. Um, But I am forced to be home with my children. And I think the whole world is going to understand that, that, I mean, not that it's a terrible thing and I'm forced to do it, but I have my children unexpectedly at home and this opportunity to stop and first, as my children cry for me to pick them up or read me one more story or I just want to snuggle or I want to talk, can you sit and watch a show with me? All the things that that we usually say, oh, but I have work to do. Stop and do those things. Delight in those. And then out of that, this is the story of the Sabbath – out of that, we can see the future wholeness that we're, we're headed toward, what the goal that God has for us. We can experience a moment of that. Yeah. And out of that wholeness, then we can operate and function in the work that we have to do. It's very difficult. It's almost a lie that there is balance. And we have to just kind of throw away the lie of balance. And we have to just delight in some things. And then you'll find that the space is created to accomplish the things. And yes, I'm worried. And yes, I'm overwhelmed. And yes, there is anxiousness about how am I ever going to achieve this? But I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know that there is fruit on the seventh day. I don't think there is fruit. And this is sort of the space of Sabbath. And if there is no fruit, I have to accept that. I have to take a deep breath and I have to work in the fruit and the rest and the Sabbath that God has for me. And I have to be part of that community that God has for me in this space. And we each, we all do. It's done in community. And there's something about community 
that we need to see here and we need to continue to be. And I think that for the next several months, the church is going to be surprised. The world all of a sudden Mm -hmm. can understand this idea of how to be in Sabbath and community at the same time. And what does that look like without having these huge gatherings how hmm. do we take that on as Courage Church? Interesting. And we have all these ideas. We've seen these missional communities. I had the pleasure of sitting under Alan Hirsch this yeah. summer. We'll talk more about that soon. Yeah, we will. And they're doing all kinds of stuff. There's sort of this like giddy hype of like, what's going to happen? We're going to rebirth the church in this time. And mm-hmm. how how does that look? How does this missional small community takes shape and how does that represent the church and how can we reset that and reshape that the the shaping of things to come I think especially for you know for us it gives us a chance to finally kind of put flesh and blood to the things that we've always been saying Mm -hmm. you know that that the church is not a building the church is a body of people Um, and you know I just think that there's um, as as important as coming together is, which we're going to figure out ways to continue to do, Mm -hmm. but we come together so that we can go out, so that we can be neighbors, so that we can be in community, uh, and and so that we can be sent into the world and reach reach the communities that we're a part of. Yeah, absolutely it is, and uh, we have some things, uh, plans cooking up, things we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. Uh, Hopefully we can alleviate any suffering or anything in our neighborhood uh, without physical contact, with minimal physical contact. But uh, yeah, lots of good things are in the works. I think God, God, uh, the Lord is on the throne. And uh, yeah, we, if anyone needs anything, give us a call. Please text us. Please call us. We Find our Facebook. uh, Send us a messenger. We're all kind of on it, looking at Mm -hmm. it. Um, And we're really like, as the requests and the needs come in, Mm -hmm. we can't fulfill everything. Um, Like we don't have toilet paper stock right now for the whole community but if that's something that is a constant um pain point yeah if that's a thing that everybody just is completely out and there's no stock Mm -hmm. we will figure it out so i mean i'll knit you some (laughs) i'll knit you some (laughs) on that note uh we will be talking to you all soon thank you so much for all hanging in there during this uh interesting time we love you all